Welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. And we're back, Tripping Over the Barrel. Many of the people listening to this, maybe all of the people listening to this are, are keenly aware. Um, Tim Lozer, my podcast partner, dear friend, a great human, um, had pancreatic cancer, came down with that in April and passed away uh, towards the end of May. A lot of us are here um, heartbroken, devastated. Uh, it's, it's very much a surreal feeling. Um, but as I thought about this podcast and how much it meant to myself and Tim, uh, it, it's immense. It's immense. Um, Tim recorded a podcast 13 days before he passed away. Uh, he told me once he had stage four cancer in late April that he wanted to continue doing the podcast, that it was a source of light and positivity for him. Uh, and I have just such an amazing amount of respect and admiration that he mustered up the energy somehow to still be able to put out unbelievable content uh, that his family can listen to forever. We did 97 episodes of Tripping Over the Barrel. Last one was wow. with Jason, Jason Webster. Um, yeah, and... What we're going to do is three uh, episodes where we honor Tim, um, and this is going to be the first of those. We have Marsha Vihal, uh, who came on, I think, two of the first like 10 episodes that we had, one of our favorites and, and a colleague of mine and uh, of Tim's at Energy Navigator, as well as Terry Moscafettis. Uh, super great to see Terry's face looking all Santa Claus-like up there in Calgary. Um, but Terry was sort of a jack-of-all-trades executive at Energy Navigator and worked really closely with Tim from sort of the Calgary side, and Tim was in the uh, running the U.S. operation. So we wanted to bring everybody here today, kind of honor Tim, uh, talk about the impact that he's had on many of us. But before we do that, why don't you guys give your brief introduction? Marsha, people might know you a little bit, but what, what are you up to? And, and Terry, who are you? Terry, I'll let you go first. Oh, I was hoping you'd go first so I could follow. <laughs> okay. um, my name is Terry Moscapettis. Um, I started an Energy Navigator in 2004 as the product manager for AFE Navigator. Then I became the client services manager when we hired Demetrio Pagano as the, as the product manager. You may all remember Demetrio. Yeah. And then I. Uh, became the um, VP of uh, strategy and planning. Um, and part of my goal was always to have someone uh, mentored to come up behind me. And Jill Fernandez took over the client services position. She was great. And then I became VP finance. And in 2017, the company was sold. And in 2018, I was laid off. And after thinking about things, decided to retire. So now I'm Congrats, a man. wandering Canadian. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just said before this, you're in Calgary, but you're gonna jump into your RV up in Edmonton and go all the way out to my sort of neck of the woods in Prince Edward Island, which sounds like many kilometers away. Man, I think round trip should be around 12,000 kilometers. Yeah. The last time we did this trip, we actually went down into New Boston, New York, um, Philadelphia, Chicago. I remember you, that trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then back to Canada. 
That was an awesome trip. Awesome trip. Terry, tell, tell us a little bit about um, when you got to know Tim. That was probably when he started a Navigator. You were already there for four or five years or something like that. And you guys decided, let's branch into the United States. No small decision because Navigator had had a lot of success in Calgary. Uh, nicely profitable business. But like many businesses do, you saw upside in the U.S. Um, what was the... Uh, uh, what was it like? Were you on the team that helped hire Tim that brought him on? Cause I know you sort of nurtured and supported us in the early days, but talk about kind of the initial uh, alignment you had with Tim in the U S. Um, the first time I met Tim was in Denver. Actually, he was uh, working for Spotfire at the time and we were at the tech conference. I think that's what it was called. Don't remember these things anymore. After four years of <laughs> sipping it beer. It was probably the SPATC. <laughs> That's been, it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we met, we spoke a briefly. I got introduced to him by uh, by someone. I can't remember who might have been Janet Tremblay. And uh, yeah. And after that, there was we Boyd had a couple of interviews with him and there was a, another candidate and it was time to decide on who should uh, join the team. And uh, yeah. It, Tim was lucky enough to join us. And, and from the first moment, it was like, I like this guy. Yeah, I really did. He was very personable, easy to get along with, um, very laid back. Um, you know, it was, it, it's hard to describe when, when you feel that connection with someone right away. It didn't, it didn't happen for me with Tim. It took a while. <laughs> so, but <laughs> After that happened, it was like, I like this guy. And really, so, yeah, you know, things started to move, started to happen in the U.S. And had some success. How about you, Marsha? Your third time here, maybe not the circumstances we hoped for for the third time, but nonetheless, great to have you back almost two years after when you initially came on. So in that time, I think oh, wow. your company got acquired by Quorum. You, you've settled in there. It was Auserna at that point. Now you're over at Quorum. But I want to backtrack earlier in your career as well. Um, I know you started off at IBM. Uh, you were in Boulder kind of looking for your next move. And then how the heck did you come across Tim Loser and Energy Navigator? Yeah. So I, I had been working for IBM and I got laid off in early 2009, I think. And I had, you know, a recruiter that was uh, looking for me, uh, looking for opportunities. And I had, you know, a lot of project management experience. And she contacted me and said that she had an opportunity. Um, ideally, they were looking for someone with oil and gas experience, which I did not have. Um, but I, I got the, they did the like, qualification and I got to go meet Tim in Denver it was out of Sheridan, actually, I think in like the Denver Tech Center. It was probably my first venture to the Denver Tech Center, really. <laughs> um, and we we hit it off right away. Um, you know, he's easy to talk to. We He has three, three daughters, right? Yep. So we, yep. uh, you know, as a, as a female and having a sister, um, we just really related uh, around things that his daughters were up to sports. And um, so we really bonded over initially and just had good conversation. And I 
I think from that point, I then went up to Calgary and had some interviews with Terry. (laughs) Um, And I think Jill probably as well. So yeah, Uh, it was was Dean. You were. Oh, well, yeah, Dean for sure. And and you. Uh, And I I think I had the opportunity to sit in a room with maybe Jill and Kelly on the the AFE side. So um, Terry really was kind of one of my managers and I reported to Tim. I was Tim, I inevitably was the first U.S. hire for Energy Navigator. And the first project that we worked on was implementing AFE Navigator at SM Energy. Yes. So I I don't know if I have this correct, but if that was Tim's first management job, you were his first ever hire. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess so. Right. And I don't know, maybe he hired people at Spotfire, but truly as like a senior executive, I think that was his, um, his first choice. And he made, he made a good choice. His second um, hire was a little bit different, maybe a little more controversial. (laughs) Um, And I think shortly after he um, brought me on in part, because I could see the culture that, that Tim and the team had established. Just uh, we went to the med one time and I think maybe Terry was there, maybe, I don't know, but you could just tell there was just a level of sort of that Calgary chill and Tim did nothing to disturb that. Right. He, he made sure that everybody was always comfortable. And um, was that, the, was that happened. the time we were at a restaurant in Boulder? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, okay. The, yeah. The I vaguely remember med. that because so, I had a little yeah. too much. <laughs> Well, that, that can happen. It is 53. Well, I don't know how many kilometers this is, but it's like 5,300 feet off the ground here, altitude. But w- what I thought was fascinating, Marsh, and uh, I'm wondering if this happened for you, and then I want to get back to your story a little bit, because I know you, you had him at your wedding. Even though you didn't know him that long, you were still had him at your wedding. We're going to talk about that. Um, but what I found fascinating during uh, the courting process. Once Tim decided I was going to be Dan's replacement, that you and I were going to kind of be the Denver team, that this was the the way we were moving forward in, in 2010, he said, listen, but before I make you this offer, um, I'd like to speak to your wife. <laughs> and I go, I don't know, man, she's pretty tired. We have like a two and a half month old kid right now. Like she's a little bit ornery here and there. He's like, look, this is an important decision. Um, and it's a decision for your family <clears throat> as well. So I just want to make sure her questions are answered and that um, she feels comfortable with this decision as well. Hmm. And I was just so blown away by that because that's never happened before. It's never happened since. It's not something I would ever expect to happen, but it established the type of familial cu- culture that Tim needed mm-hmm. to have if he was in charge which carried through the rest of our time. I felt like we had good PTO. We had good insurance. He supported us. Another story that I remembered was I, I wasn't taking a lot of time off because who does, you know, you're in sales, you don't get enough time right. to take off. And I was going out to my sister's wedding and Tim reached out to the team without me on the message. Like, Hey, don't, don't bother Jeremy. He's out till Wednesday. Just little things like that from a management standpoint to um, create an environment where you can have longevity which you certainly did, Marsha. And, and I left to go to Seven Lakes and they just offered me, <laughs> shaking her head, they, the financial packages weren't even close. It was, it was a decision that I had to make to leave, but I knew that right. leaving Tim was going to suck because he was a good boss. And even though he was pissed at me for going to an, an emerging competitor, he was happy for me because it took care of my family. And when I yeah. think back on Tim, like that's the only, I got chills thinking about it, but the only manager 
I've had who could actually put person first um, and business second. And at the end of the day, like that's why we're all mourning so hard because Tim was about relationships and that's why this yeah. podcast was great. We built a lot of those here. You know? It's a real testament to him. I mean, it's, he put his family first and he allowed us to do the same. Yes. Yeah. I, two, two stories about him when he first hired me. Um, first one being, I, you know, I've been like, I think I was let go from IBM in April, but the interview process maybe started in end of, um, November. So I think I got an offer early December and he felt bad that, you know, Christmas was coming up. I still didn't have a job. Um, the, the off, the job was going to start on the, you know, first of the the year. So he said he would offer me, you know, a signing bonus. <laughs> it wow. was not, I, I mean, just a little something because he's just, he was sweet. And it was so funny because once I, you know, started and, I, I learned that that was not something that Energy Navigator did. <laughs> he actually nope. got in trouble for that. Um, Didn't care. But he knew that was, you know, Tim. And also when I had first started, he came out to Denver and he wanted to take out Nick, my husband. So he wanted to make sure that um, we, he was able to take us to a nice dinner and he got to know Nick a little bit more. And he was always awesome about taking us somewhere to eat that, you know, because he had been in sales so much and traveled so much. He knew all the great restaurants and awesome places to go. And I forget the name of the place that he took us, but it was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's one thing you always were able to do with Tim is go eat well. <laughs> and yeah. I he, remember going to Denver and, and he would, uh, after our meetings and stuff, we would go for a quick one. And the quick one with him wasn't just one, <laughs> it was a couple <laughs> and then there was food involved. And then he goes, oh. um, Terry, I'm sorry, I got to leave you. I got to go for dinner with uh, friends. And I go, but he says, but I'll take you to another place and leave you in good hands there. And I went there and ate, ate uh, an excellent meal. And uh, somehow he knew the, the, the people working there. <laughs> I, I don't well, know how just... he must have gone there quite a bit. And just, uh, um... yeah, when I left, I walked back to the hotel. Well, I waddled back to the hotel because <laughs> I was full. You don't try and keep up with Tim when you're eating and drinking. No way. No way. <laughs> that was hard to do. Man, um, I, I had some really fun trips with Tim. I think, you know, one of the things that always stood out to me was his curiosity. Um, I'm Jewish, as some of you, you know, some of the listeners know and some of you guys know. and. Tim was just so curious. He had so many questions, but it wasn't just for the sake of like conversation. He actually remembered this stuff. So I'd been working at Navigator for like, I don't know, nine months. So like after the honeymoon period, but I still, you know, want Tim to like me, right? Not, not fire me and ruin my life. And I played Sunday golf with Daniel Mays, okay? Which, you know, Marsha involves uh -huh. heavy, heavy amounts mm -hmm. of coffee, we'll call it. No, alcohol. <laughs> and I remember seeing Tim call me at like 1.30. In the afternoon, I'm like, what? And I didn't answer. So I'm like, I'm just going to ignore this. Anyways, he called back at 3.30. I'm like, well, I hope everything's okay. He called twice. And he's like, oh, could you answer? He's like, so I'm in an argument with my dad right now. Which sect is it in Judaism where they have the payas hair and they don't rip toilet paper? Because he's saying that it's conservative. And I think it's worth it. I'm like, 
No, it's Orthodox, Tim. And we talked for 10 minutes just about Judaism, right? But that was Tim, right? He, I was like, wow, shit, okay. We're not starting from what I already told him. He's like, no, I got that. Like, this part, you know? Right. Um, a, a, an active listener, a really inquisitive guy, and one of the few bosses I've ever had who, if I saw them calling me on a Sunday, I didn't fear for my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was rare, yeah, though. He would, he would rarely do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember one time... Uh, we were on holidays in PEI and I got a call from Tim and he was concerned because um, I think it was the, uh, the day we, everybody found out that Dean was being laid off and he was, he was pretty concerned because, well, my boss just got laid off, but what's, what's happening here. Um, and we sat down, we chatted, you know, I was on holidays, but you know, that was, you know, easy to take a call from Tim and chat. Oh Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Marsha, if you look back at the team that he brought together, it really is a lot of high achievers. You know, Autumn's really crushed it. She's been the top salesperson at Ambient, which has been a fast growing company. Ryan Mormon has kind of figured out his career path. He's a W on the development side. Um, I've sort of figured out my niche doing some of this podcast stuff and, and entrepreneurial ventures. You've stayed with these acquisitions and worked yourself into a fantastic role. Um, it's It's cool to see. I mean, I think he really had um, an eye for talent, but beyond just an eye for talent, he had an eye for character. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one thing that I really enjoyed with the time we spent as a team, a small team in the US, but a very, very close group. Yeah, he was, I, I said on on LinkedIn, I have a lot of friends for life because of Tim. And he he did have a specialty in the folks that he hired and the way that we connected with one another, you know, Autumn, Ryan, Angela, who, yeah, Trent, yeah, Trent, uh, Trevor, Trevor, and even towards the, towards the end um, of his energy navigator days, he had hired uh, Elizabeth Shaw, who I, and and Mm -hmm. I'm still very good um, friends with now. And she, she's with another company, but he, he was really great about bringing awesome people to the team that really connected well together. And everyone, yeah. you know, moved on and went to, to different places. I was, I guess I'm the only one that's kind of stuck around for all the, the mergers and acquisitions and name changes, but I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without Tim, no doubt. And it it so seemed like he was supposed to be in this industry. Yeah. He, he, he was always chance. there to push you forward. He gave you a chance, right? He, he gave you the keys. And I always thought the two of you, Marsha had a special relationship. Cause if you think back to um, Tim's like career at Spotfire, he was the sales engineer. He was the demo guy. Right. So there was sort of like additional pressure on you since that was your thing and you have to be perfect. And every once in a while I'd be like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing wrong and give you like very good pointers on things to change. So I thought, I'm sure he helped develop you as a presenter more than anybody else in your career, honestly. He helped to develop me in many different ways. And I know I I probably scared him a little bit too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, He, he, you know, I started as a product project manager and doing implementations, but he, he allowed me to, to move into, uh, you know, sales engineering. And then I was really pushing to be on the sales side when you were there. 
And then you yeah. left uh, to Seven Lakes. So that allowed me to have the opportunity to move into a you know, sales director, account management role. Uh, he was great about helping me progress my, my career. Yeah, that's and I had some great some great mentors along the way, like Terry. Oh, well, thanks for the mention. <laughs> but I think you took care of yourself. You, you, I remember getting feedback from clients saying that you were awesome. You know, even though you're you were new, you were able to handle things and you took care of everything. And even everyone in the team here in Calgary was really impressed with you. And to to go to to speak to Tim's hiring chops, um, I do think he had a way of I'm not sure how he measured this, but had a way of understanding somebody's EQ in addition to their IQ. Because Tim was one of those rare people that mm-hmm. was probably Mensa level genius, just as far as like what he can figure out in his brain, but also like sympathetic, compassionate, creative, all those sorts of things, and 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 very comfortable in social environments, which is rare. For someone that has an IQ as high as he does. So I think he would realize like, okay, well, not everybody's going to be that smarter here, but like, where's their special skill? And I'll never forget Tim writing in an email. I forget who it was to, I think Jeff Jacobson, where he said, Hey, I want to introduce you to Jeremy. He's got a great personality. And I was like, man, that is like such a compliment from this guy. I, I guess. Sure. I'll accept that. But when he said that, it's like, man, okay. Because like Tim is not wasn't huge with the compliments, but if he said that, it's like I I like this guy, you know. Um, and to bring it back, Jesus Terry, <laughs> to, bring it, to bring it back to um, the podcast piece, uh, I, I probably won't have as much of an opportunity to talk uh, on these sessions since the other ones are are bigger um, and people that he worked with many years ago. So probably a little more story centric, but. Um, on the podcast side of things, Tim and I started talking in early 2020. Marsha, I'll never forget when I told you, Marsha, guess what? Tim and I are starting a podcast. You go, <laughs> no, you're not. And then I explained to you the concept and you go, I'm going to listen to every episode. <laughs> and I did. And uh, I basically reached out to Tim. The Digital Wildcatters guys have been saying, come on, like do a podcast. We want to be the Barstool Sports of Energy, put out more content. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Like, I don't want to do this by myself. And Tim and I, as we did, we're just shooting the shit one day. This is early in COVID. And Tim's telling me a story about how he wanted to write a coffee table book about all of his like mishaps and silly stories and travel and business and meetings and things on the road. Some physical comedy, right? Some just head scratching stuff. Uh, and and like write a book and, and that'd be like the thing that he left behind. I said, you know, I want to start a podcast. You're really easy to talk to, Tim. I think this is your thing. And th- this is very classic Tim, right? He goes, oh, I'm going to have to talk to Karin about this. <laughs> Tim, it's a podcast. It's fine. Everybody does a podcast. That's what men do. Give me a couple of days. I so wonder how back. it all came about. Yeah. So he comes back and he goes, all right. I talked to Karin. We're going to do it. Because Tim doesn't do anything with half measures, Right. If he was going to do it, he was going to do it like we did it and put out an episode every week. And that's what we did. But he committed to it. We started off and we weren't great to begin with. Very scripted. Um, I think both of us were trying to find our voice and our confidence, but it didn't take long. If you listen to, I think, the Patrick Ruddy episode, um, we turned a corner. And I think you could see the obvious chemistry that um, Tim and I had. 
Um, but I credit Tim more with that because I think he just has that general chemistry with um, with everybody. Um, yeah, it was a great outlet for him. I'm so glad that he decided to to opt in and do this. And I think it was a really a positive for him. And also just another Tim tidbit as it relates to digital wildcatters. Like if you think of the makeup of digital wildcatters, it's for sure not people like Tim, right? <laughs> it's these like 28 year old bros with their hats on backwards and putting out memes and content and talking about Bitcoin. And Tim would just walk into that office to do whatever he needed to do and just be treated with unwavering respect and be incredibly comfortable in the situation. That's just Tim, right? So yeah. this is a tremendous loss for that community as well, because this is the second podcast they ever did. And one that we continue to do it all the time. And Tim never caused any drama because that's what Tim was like versus everybody else feels like they're some sort of talented podcaster and they need to be coddled and treated like Joe Rogan or something. So, um, <laughs> Anyways, I'm sort of I'm sort of going here, but I wanted to say that he was excellent at it. He's always good at leading conversation. He's and he's a great storyteller. Yeah, he always had a story, and and like you said earlier, he was always interested in certain things, and he'd always, you know, you'd always get these little tidbits from him, you know, about different customs or different countries. And uh, I remember one the first time he came to our house. And, uh, um, I always felt bad because you guys were coming up from, from the States up here and you sitting in a hotel and, you know, <laughs> you come over to the, you know, you come to the office and then you, you know, the day was done and everybody went home and you guys were, you know, left alone. And I, you know, so I said to Tim, come on over. And he came over and he walked in and I introduced him to Sandra and, we had dinner that night and then she left or he left. And then I asked Sandra, so what did you think? He didn't take his shoes off. <laughs> that, is a, that is a rule in your house. I even That's, I know that. I, I, yes, I remember this. That's amazing. Yeah, well, it's a Canadian thing, right? You take your shoes off in the house. And I, I later I said to Tim, I, you know, um, Sandra wasn't happy. He goes, oh, my God, I forgot about that. That's a Canadian thing. We don't do that at home in, in, in Houston. He says, we're happy if we can track in mud into the house and stuff. So he apologized later and Sandra, you know, I said, Sandra, they don't do that. And she got the, you know, she understood and it was fine. But, you know, that was her first introduction to Tim. And after that, you know, she was pretty happy to see him. There was lots of hugs every time he, she saw him. And uh, one time he brought the kids up here. I think it was spring break. And we had a ton of snow here in the house or in, in the yard. And so we went and met them up at Boston Pizza up by our place and brought them over to the house and had a snowball fight in our front yard. Kids nice. loved it. Oh, wow. You don't get that in Houston. No, probably not. And if you do, it's probably a, a, um, a big event. <laughs> exactly. That makes me think of a, maybe our it was our first year to celebrate Energy Navigator in the U.S. And Tim flew everyone and their families to San Antonio. Nice. And we for the for the weekend, and that's when I got the opportunity to meet his girls and Karen. And it was a special time. I have a lot of. I, I was thinking back. I've I've had a lot of first trips with Tim. Um, oh yeah. My first trip to San Antonio. I'd never been there before. There was the infamous trip to Artesia, New Mexico, which we've talked about before in another podcast. 
uh, Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Um, he took me to that 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 field in Bakersfield with the thousands of pump jacks. Um, I'll never forget that. At the time, I was wondering, you know, where is he taking me? And this is taking forever. Um, but such a memorable Sorry. moment. Um, there's there's definitely more that I can't think of right now. But yeah, no, I mean Pittsburgh for sure, San Antonio. Bakersfield. Um, and he would also just do cool shit. Remember we had that weekend, like the Christmas holiday party here. Cause like Ellie was pregnant. My wife, Marsha, you were oh, yeah. pregnant. I, I think was pregnant. it's like, all right, come on. We got the pregnant ladies up here. Why don't you just come and do it in Boulder? Right. Um, right. and Tim was always like, sure. I always said this to Tim, even, you know, just a few weeks ago, I always thought that there was a part of him that wanted to be like living in the mountains, driving a Jeep, with the, the goatee, snow on his hair, you know what I mean? Living living that life. Um, but he just sort of ended up in Houston. But that probably speaks to the fact that Tim was just sort of comfortable everywhere and lived everywhere when he was younger, right? So I wondered, we, wonder if he was comfortable coming up here for the Christmas parties when it was minus 40. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I always loved it when you guys came up for the Christmas party and it was cold. Um, it just, you know, People need to experience that at least once in their life. You Absolutely. know, like it is cold. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good times up in Calgary. A lot of, lot of Jägermeister. <laughs> yeah. <in> that, <laughs> and you beer. were introduced to Caesars for the first time. Up oh here. yeah. Caesars. That's a good one. Yeah. Egg. They're great. Delicious, delicious cocktails. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's the upscale Bloody Mary. Yeah, you're I, um, I remember one time we were in Houston and uh, this was my, you know, a first, my first time golfing down in Houston. And <laughs> I remember going to the, you know, seeing the water traps and the, and the signs there saying, don't fetch your ball because there's alligators in the, in the water traps or there could be. And I'm going like, well, that's pretty crazy. And uh, one time, I think you were there, Marsha. Um, we were I was teeing off and uh, <laughs> I was there too. Were you there too? I was Does there this involve a ball that didn't go very far? Well, it was no. involved some keys. Yeah, some... It, we ended up losing <laughs> oh, all the balls. Yeah. But, then, but then I was sitting there concentrating on, on my drive and I just hit the backswing. And behind me, Tim gets into a bowling stance and grabs, he takes his, his truck his keys, keys and throws his them keys. at my ball to try and, and hit the ball off the tee before I hit it. And as I come down, I hear a smack and his key fob exploded. His keys went everywhere. Oh my God. I'll never <laughs> and then we had to go searching for his keys so that we could get home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, luckily we found the truck key. That was incredible. Wow. Yeah. It's all I forgot all about that. that. I got it. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw it. And he, he takes it and you had a good swing. I'm not saying that your swing was great all day, but on that one, you really made solid contact. And I'm like, oh, solid contact with the keys and the key fob. Yeah, it felt good. But it was the wrong thing I hit. Oh, <laughs> and that was hilarious. Everywhere. And, and, and Tim said, after we found his truck key, he says, I, I kind of have a feeling I know what Karen's going to say about this. <laughs> we got home and she said, you dumbass or something like that. And he goes, I thought it would have been idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but close enough. Oh, 
Yeah, that reminds me of another stuff. first time, and that was my first time ever to a Top Golf, which we don't have here in Colorado. So we went to one in Houston. Ooh. I don't know, Jeremy, maybe you weren't with us that. I think I was gone. Um, yeah. But it was funny because Autumn brought Greg's brand new driver. I don't know why <laughs> to Top Golf, but she was she left Top Golf without the head of Greg's driver. No, oh my god, yeah. I generally don't bring my good clubs to the top. <laughs> Lots of Man. fond memories. Yeah. I mean, now, now I'm thinking too, my first time in Tulsa was, was also with Tim. He just, Oh, you never been to Tulsa. All right, let's, let's get a trip going there. I'll show you. I'll show you around, but he would always, he'd always make it fun. He'd always have some business sprinkled in and he'd always connect with everybody. Right. So you felt fulfilled um, kind of after all of the, the trips that we oh, took. Oh yeah, you felt filled all right after <laughs> you would oh, go man. up for for food and drinks and it was it was a good time. And I I, I love when he would come up here too and and uh we would end up going out again feeling bad for him because he's all by himself. <laughs> but he knew so many people even up here. He he you didn't know. mind it. I mean he had his quirks. Like I remember sometimes we'd be in Denver, we'd have like a fairly busy afternoon. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm gonna watch a movie and just order room service. Like he would do stuff like that too. I like, yeah. didn't mind taking the alone time. I think he just traveled so much yeah. in his career that he was able to like, just make it sort of second nature. Yeah. Yeah. Any other Tim stories guys, before we uh, sign off on this one? Oh gosh. So many. Oh, so many. Yeah. I remember one time he came here and uh, he looked at my front lawn and he goes, it's green. And he said, do you mind? I go, yeah, go ahead. And he laid down on the grass and just did, you know, like. No, he didn't. Yeah. (laughs) And he goes, it is so soft and so nice. And it's like, we don't get this in Houston. Everything's brown and crunchy. So he liked that. Yeah. I, I also remember when I first started, part of the comfort that he built was he literally took me to Best Buy in Broomfield, Colorado to buy all my stuff, right? You need a keyboard, you need this. And he'd like walk down the aisles with me as if I was just in college, you know, starting and, and going the first day and just made it feel comfortable, right? Like make sure you get what you need, right? Like this, this mm-hmm. is got to work in an optimal way. Um, take the weekends off. Uh, just, you know, work, work hard for me. Cause that's what I expect. Right. And just learned, an amazing amount of things working for him. And I think that's what I wanted to capture and, and with him uh, in this particular episode. So Timo, thank you so much for coming on. Good seeing March. you guys again. I miss you all. Yeah. I love you guys. Miss you too. And we, um, had a, we had a good run. And Yeah. And it's sorry. It's been a bit hard hearing about him. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the greatest loss I've ever experienced uh, in my life personally, um, and I am still having a hard time coming to grips with it. Um, maybe it was helpful for me that I saw him in a near end of life state, uh, which was incredibly hard to accept, but it made it real, which I didn't want to believe that it was real. Um, and it, you know, it, you hate to say it; it sounds trite, but I, but I think he was in pain, physical pain, at the end, and and that he is. Um, in some peace. What he leaves behind, though, is, is enormous. And, and that was made very clear to celebration of life and um, will continue to be uh, made clear as we go on. So, I mean, there's, there's no right way to, to feel. Believe me, we're all feeling it, Terry. I got it. 
I'm going to hold on to my last memory of spending time with Tim. And that was whatever conference was in Denver. You were there, Jeremy. We all went out one night. Um, We had dinner and drinks. Elways? Did we go to Elways? Was that what? We didn't go to Elways. We went to, gosh, we went to Union Station and then we went to another restaurant for dinner. And then the next day we went to the exhibit and then we went to, of course, on my request, somewhere where we could have margaritas. And he was headed to the airport um, that evening and we had one more margarita together. And I'm I'm glad that we had the opportunity to to connect because I didn't get to see him that much anymore after we went different ways. Yeah. Yeah. But he treated you the same, which is awesome. Always. 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 Could never leave Tim without a smile on my face. Except for the last time. Thank you.